We've got an interesting question and topic of discussion today. We want to know, or we're going to talk about, if we could tell the fish how we're going to catch them, these would be our favorite ways. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. Folks, welcome back to the OneCast. It's been a little while since I've done the intro here. You guys have been carrying the load, but uh, uh, definitely welcome back. We, we appreciate everyone who watches and listens to us across all the platforms or on YouTube. And as you know, that's become a tradition out here in the intro. Make sure you go over to OneCastFiction.com. Use the code uh, the OneCast. Save a little bit of money when you get those snagless jigs, soft plastics, and then long neck cooks. This is, uh, boys, I think we have come down to, this is the true dog days of bass fishing podcast right now, right? There's not a lot going on in the world, is there? Yeah, if you're covering fishing news right now, bass fishing, crappie fishing, whatever it is, it's it's pretty slow right now. But I'll tell you what, like, I think I have up there episode 41, and I'm pretty sure that's accurate. I know we don't say episodes, but week 41. That is correct. That music still gets me, like, that intro, I still love it. Like, well... But there's a story behind that music. It's not just like some random. Yeah, music. and we'll talk about that. Yeah, because it kind of coincides with uh, with our topic. But that's a little teaser. Yeah, and not to 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 make us you know prolong this process. But there are some things going on in the fishing world right now. But they're not bass fishing. I mean, there is a couple tournaments left. But right now, if you're up in Wisconsin, you're up in Michigan, like the king salmon are running strong they're making their way from the great lakes into the river systems they're going up there in their five-year life cycle to spawn and then they're going to keel over and die so if you're in the michigan area you make your way up to tippy dam which is off the manistee river or if you're in the wisconsin area make your way up to the three rivers in the man uh the shoto dam they can't go any further and it's literally shooting fish in a barrel so that's what's going on right now you should definitely make that trip up there and speaking of non-bass fishing um this is probably this is like walleye championship time right now, isn't it? I believe it is. It's what? just not in the news in this, this year you, for some. Yeah, years. it's it's <laughs> close, if not started already. Yeah, it's uh, so far not in the news. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully uh, for our uh, walleye guys, the professional walleye anglers and guys that do that for a living, because there is professional walleye fishing, just like bass tournament fishing and crappie uh, fishing. and crappie. But hopefully for those guys, uh, they can get through their the end of their season without a. Uh, bringing fishing to the forefront um yeah i just remember that was about a year ago so i figured i'd try to make a little funny here before we get it has started. been about a year yeah since uh we got weights and fish we, we we hate that for the outdoor industry uh that is not growing a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time but it was a hot topic and it uh, was it gave everybody something to talk it, about for uh, and, and it wasn't even a topic that like <laughs> stayed in the fishing world like it just went to everybody it was almost like look who got divorced on the red carpet <laughs> you know like it made headlines everywhere so all my buddies and it's, i know you guys are the same way they were all like oh you guys put lead weights and fish like nah it's it was almost as big as taylor swift showing up at a football game uh, i'm so <laughs> i know we don't talk about that like no oh, man, I'm so overseeing that. Like so, uh, so folks, as you can I, I, as you can hear, uh, dog days of uh, bass fishing podcast is right. So now we're rambling on. There's two things I'm sick of seeing: forward facing sonar debates and Travis Kelsey and <laughs> Taylor Swift. Hey, uh, we might want to be careful. You don't want the Swifties on your bad side. Yeah, that's all right. But uh, so let's let's transition into you know this 
topic that we uh, we were throwing around here a few minutes ago. We thought it would make it a, a great episode. And, and the premise is basically if, if you were going out in the water right now and you could tell the fish how you're going to catch them. So, like, you're going to tell the fish this is what you're going to do today. <laughs> so, basically, what I'm asking is what's your favorite technique? If you can go fish them anyway, like, what is the one rod you want to catch them on? Well, one setup. And I don't know who wants to go first, Pete, Trey. Go, Trey. Oh, man, you're going to put I'll me on the spot. Away. So, you know, it, as much as I love uh, frog fish, as much as I love fishing in general, it is really. So, first of all, that's a hard question to ask. And it's or it's an easy question to ask, but it's a hard question to answer. Um, but, but, because the fact of the matter is, I think we would all agree, whatever the fish are biting, right, is that's that's our favorite lure yeah. for the day, right? But in this scenario, you get to yeah. tell the fish what they're going to bite that day. Yeah. So I'm a huge like I'm a big fan of of summertime bass fishing large schools of fish. Um, for some odd reason, it's it's not the it's not the forward facing sonar that gets me hyped up. Um, top water blowups are amazing, but uh, it, when I see my side scan light up, like there's little boogers all over the screen, or you know what I mean? Little tic tacs, little or- little tic tacs, or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. You know, side scan imaging for me is such a it, because reading electronics is such a it's a skill that's necessary in order to effectively target fish. Right. And just like we do in the military, we target using mapping products and all that stuff. So for me, it's the same language that I speak. Um, So when I when I when when the when the fish pull off the bed and they and they move into their their summertime patterns for me, if I was looking the bass in the face, I'm like, you will bite this giant deep diving crankbait because when I know that the bass are there because and I, and I know a little bit of what, what you're going to say, but I just don't like fishing in the blind. Like it just, to me, it's not fun. Um, well, that's not true. That's fun. Like the anticipation and stuff, but still like, so I, I'm going to look at the bass and say, you're going to eat this deep diving crankbait of your choice, whatever, but I prefer a couple different brands. And then once I've seen them on, I can tell, I, this is probably really arrogant of me to say, but when the fish are set up a certain way, like I can tell they're going to bite. That's not arrogant. That's just, yeah. Like that, that's, that's experience. Yeah. Knowing, like if they're set up, yeah, they're, if you they're can say it, if they're on the bottom, yeah. they're going to eat a crap. Yeah. The first time I ever had that happen, you know, set up, this was years ago. I was running two D up front. And this is at car Lake, bugs Island. And it was one of those two D's that I was fishing docks. And I was like 10 foot of water. I went over like three bass and it was, it was almost like a triangle. You had two on the base and then one higher up. It's like the ideal, they were feeding position. So I literally picked up my crankbait rod or whatever, like a small diving crankbait and threw behind the boat and caught two of them. Yeah. And, and, so, and so that's super fun to do when, and when you be, be, as Pete was saying, the experience and time on the water, it's not yeah, at all. It's, I know. I just, you know, I'm trying to eat that humble pie that a lot of people need to eat, no, but uh, I don't so, think it's being humble. It's an education. Like you tell people how, what you look for. Yeah. So I'm looking for boogers on the screen. That's the only way I can describe it. Like, and you really, and it really like takes like so much time to get dialed in with your electronics. And I don't have the latest and greatest, but what I have is I'm very comfortable with it. So when I see that happen, I I basically know how to position my boat based on wind direction and current and, you know, whatever. But even though it's, I know it's going to be most likely a deep dive and crankbait bite. There are so many options you have. Mm Mm-hmm fishing summertime schools 
Now you asked me the technique, yeah, so the I'm going to say I'm going to say deep dive and crankbait, but I'm going to caveat it with a lot of things are going to work during that time of the year, right? So, uh, and and I throw that you know on a seven six cash and deep crankbait rod with a with a really good gear ratio, and I throw my deep diving crankbaits on twelve pound fluorocarbon, but I change line sizes depending on what what i'm looking for and then i will add some things to the to the bait itself you know like bigger treble hooks if i need to get it deeper or maybe add lead weight if i need to get it deeper or whatever the case may be so i just think it's a cool thing because like for some odd like spot locking in an area for me is nice because i i own that spot you mm -hmm. know what i mean so like I'm a i like i'm an alpha so i want to dominate that spot and i know that i'm going to be able to like target almost every one of those bass, you know? So I don't know. That's my, that's I, my, I, I can favorite way. Understand. I love a deep crankbait bite. Uh, we'll probably talk about it later, but I love like that summertime offshore fishing. Yeah. My style is uh, going to, is going to fit right in there with that. But there's something about and, and You can fish an area of really efficiency with that deep diving crankbait. Yeah. Like pretty fast, especially now if like with live scope, you can make five or six casts and determine whether or not you need to move on from that spot. Yeah. Uh, relatively fast. And, other techniques, it would take you quite a bit longer because you're just going to have to work the bait on the bottom longer. Mm -hmm. um, but, or how, whatever you're using, I guess. Other fast ones could be a jig and spoon or like a hair jig or something. But a deep yeah. diving crankbait, that's always, uh, when I'm offshore fishing, I've got at least two or three probably tied on laying, laying on the deck. Yeah. So, Pete, what's your, uh, if, if you had to tell the fish you're going to eat this today, what are they eating? This is tough. No. i know it's there's not, two it's, there's two techniques that you gotta, you gotta pick one i know you gotta pick a tie. one they're and, a tie in my heart and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick one but we're gonna talk about the other one later because i want to talk about it um <clears throat> so if i can tell the fish on any day how i'm gonna catch them i'm gonna catch them on a frog i want hmm. a big heavy seven foot six frog and rod with 65 pound braid i want to see him eat that bait I want to see my line swimming and I want to jack them and then I want to grind them out of the slop. I just don't, for me, there's nothing better. I, I understand not liking a fish in the blind because it's awesome when you like that offshore bite's great. You yeah. know, they're there. You're pretty sure they're going to bite when they're set up, but there's something about like rolling down a bank of pads where, you know, there's fish and you're working that frog and you're just like, all of your senses are so in tune. You see a little ripple in the pads back there, or this back there, and all of a sudden, you know, that fish blows up and it, it's go time, and you don't know when it's coming. Um, for me, that's that's like the ultimate. I and I never did a lot of frog fishing until I got down here, and and there's some areas that it's really good. I mean, I've, I've thrown them, but like I fell in love with it down here because my answer would have certainly been different three years ago, four years ago. But I don't I don't know if there's anything better. Just the the line of that line, you know, braid through the eyes and mm, it's blood pumping, man. <laughs> I want to throw a frog. Right it, now. It, it reminds me of that like short clip we we uh we made of Pete. Like I was recording him when we first started the podcast, and he's like going like clearing his throat, and he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm warm, boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like ah, it gets you jacked. It does, man. Like I mean, frog bites are amazing. I mean, th th there is. I mean, we, I mean, top water blow ups are always special. Yeah. We always enjoy that. There, there is something about that big frog bite, especially a big fish on the frog bike, sucking it in and, yeah. And, um, fighting it through, you know, that, that thick. The buzz bait right? can be equal, but like for me, it's not the same as like when you're throwing a pop bar or a walking bait. Cause usually 
when you're throwing those, you know, there's either schooling fish or you're around that bait and you have a pretty good idea that fish are going to, you're going to have a shot at them biting that, right? Like there's not as much anticipation for the bite. Question for you though. What type of frog are you using? Like a buzz toad, a pop or a walking frog? Any of no, you got to pick one. No, any <laughs> you got to you got to tell the fish which one you're going to. I'm, I'm not going to say which one because <laughs> not everybody. No, um, so either a hollow body, not a popping frog, just a regular hollow body, like walking frog or a buzz toad. Either of those two because they kind of cover the same part of the water areas of water that you're fishing. Um, those I'm going to pick up one of those two first most of the time. But I have a question for you now. So out of all the topwater techniques, what is the most challenging topwater technique? The most challenging. So, you, so when you're looking like at, to get them to bite. So like what? No, like connection and landing them like walking baits, pop our style baits, frogs, buzz toads. Uh, for me, it's bangalore. a buzz bait. Buzz baits the hardest, huh? Like to, to, from hook to land, I lose a lot of fish on a buzz bait, and it's not the buzz baits that I throw. I you run a trailer hook? No, I horse fish too much on a buzz bait, and I end up straightening the wire, and then it gives them leverage, <laughs> and, and it's hundred percent my like I know what you, I do. You heard it, horse fish. Yeah, I, like I, I think I try to. They eat that buzz bait, and I just want to grind them to the boat and flip them up in, and I'm like, it's got that wire. The wire gets bent. Yeah. Once that wire is bent, they get leverage. Um, so for me, it's that because. I've done enough frog fishing and the frogs that I throw, I'm confident in. I don't, I don't lose. If I hook a fish, I'm probably going to land it. Yeah. If there are times you don't hook them, sometimes they don't eat it all the I, way. That's the one thing um, I would say about a frog is that if they're not fully committed to it, yeah, the difficulty with it, because you don't have all those extra hooks, on yeah. it, like a trouble, like a pretty much an other topwater bait. It's got trouble. Yeah. Hooks, except yeah, the buzz I, bait, I but, felt like the question was for me personally, it's a, it's losing fish would be a buzz bait. Most people are going to say a frog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and and we're, we're definitely going to get to Ben's here in a minute. But, you know, when you look at like all techniques aren't created equal, like all baits aren't created equal. And there is a there is definitely with a frog, a level of training and experience that you need to be effective with that, like anticipating the bite or over anticipating and like instantly reacting is going to result in not having a fish mm -hmm. in your boat, right? Like understanding like the, the cover they're eating in, um, whether or not that's in, you know, hydrilla or if that's in eelgrass or if that's in pads, frogs are going to be different, right? The yeah. size of the frog is going to be different. And then like the count, right? 1000, 2000 set the hook, whatever the case may be. So frogs are people like a lot of people's favorite techniques, but, I'll, but I am guilty of it. Like I get too jacked up and I just yank the frog, right? I, I usually miss you know. the first one that you, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, and yeah. that's hundred percent me. And then it's kind of like, okay, nope. Um, but I, I used to do the, like, cause everybody says, oh, count to one, 1,000, two, 1,000 and set the hook. And I still missed a ton of fish. Uh, people don't realize how long you can actually wait with a frog. Yeah. Like, um, there's some really good videos on YouTube. If you watch where guys have filmed, like, under pads and watch the frog like watch the fish come up and grab it bring it down and it's all the way in you could hook them but then they'll spit it and readjust it and grab it again trying to get it right like so for me with a frog when it eats it i just wind down because there's usually slack when you're walking a frog you're usually not tight wind down if i can feel that fish pulling i know that i can jack it and I, so i go by feel more in account 
but that was just me personally. And that's experience. It's like sploosh, and I'm like one thousand, two one thousand, and they still don't have it. Yeah, now yeah. I know like they eat it. I can wind down. It's also different, like with a toad. You ask about like winding a horny toad or something along that. Most of the time, you can immediately set the hook when they eat that. Most of the time with that moving bait, I think because it's moving constantly, you're not like with a walking frog where you're like twitch, twitch, stop, twitch, yeah, yeah, twitch, yeah. stop. That bait's moving. So in my experience, they eat that bait most of the time. And if you do, don't think about it, you set the hook right away, usually you still get a hook in them. Like I I haven't, I don't typically miss them if they eat eat a horny tip. Yeah, I mean those, those baits. And I are, think it's because it's moving. Well, you got to think of like the bass. Like you're telling the bass like, hey, you're going to eat this today. Well, a bass chasing a buzz toad, they're chasing mm -hmm. the buzz toad. Yeah. Whereas a walking frog, they just, they get a lot of time to decide, okay, 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 now, you know, and then they come up, right? Man, so, can it be violent? Eat oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. But um, let's definitely get to Ben's because I think all, like, well, I, I'm pretty sure I know what Ben's going to say, but I, they all have their unique challenges associated with them. Yeah, so my uh, it's probably no surprise. Mine's obviously the jig. What? Yeah, shocking. I mean, <laughs> I make them for a living, so it better be my favorite. Uh, uh, but it's it, it's and it's the reason why I started making jigs. There's just something about, and I love the offshore dragging a football jig around um, because you can drag it slow, and when you get that that perfect bite, like they're gonna do on this day, is what they're eating. You feel that tap on your line you see that line jump and you just wait a second and j set the hook as hard as you want yeah and it's really fun when you set the hook and that rod doesn't move and your line just starts stripping out and i've got a couple of videos on youtube it's just like oh that's that's a big one there's like seven or six <laughs> seven eight pounders just doing just stripping and so it's extremely fun to catch a jig i mean to catch a fish using the jig i mean the the old adage is true and i think we've talked about it you get less bites on the jig um, I used to never throw a jig yeah. years ago, right? 10, eight, 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 seven, eight, ten 10 years ago. I just didn't have a lot of confidence in them. Mm -hmm. Um, and until I finally started dragging a jig around offshore and getting those bites, I was like, oh, these are better fish. So there's just something about knowing that I'm going to catch a quality fish probably. Yeah. What, why, what do you, what do you think? And, and, you know, I've always, a lot of people say this, you know, you're going to get a bigger bite with a jig. 100%. Right? It's um what why do you think that compared to if I was to, you know, flip a, you know, a, a creature bait in there Texas rig style versus, you know, a, a 3 quarter ounce snagless jig in there, why why does that generally generate a bigger bite? I think it's profile. So yeah. I, the the big thing is profile, right? It's a much bigger, bulkier bait. I mean that skirt when it's down there in the water, it really flares out. So it makes that it makes that bait look a whole lot bigger. Yeah, you're making a, especially the snagglish jigs. They look like really big crawdads down there. So you're you are in a sense just by virtue of of the profile of a jig, you're you're searching for a bigger bite. Um, and it's not that you won't catch those small. No, you you'll no, catch. You but a <laughs> lot of times where you're throwing a jig like Ben's talking about offshore, those smaller fish aren't there. Like. And, and it's it's one those of those areas you're targeting a different a different type of fish. And there is something to be said offshore too. And you guys have probably seen. You pull up to a spot, you mark them, you flip down there, and you catch the the biggest fish right away. Yeah. And then all the other ones are smaller. Um, I have found out that if I'm on a spot and I'm pretty sure there's fish there, if I can cast a jig down there, that that bigger one is more likely to bite right away. 
Um, two, I don't have to deal with the smaller ones as much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like you throw a shaky head down there, yeah, you may catch two or three, two and a half, three pounders, uh, which are good fish. But then that spot, you know, on Jordan, you catch two or three fish, you're gonna have to let let that spot. That's know. the whole school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna have to let it sit. Yeah. And so that big fish may uh, may move off, right? So if you if you cast a jig down there uh, right away, typically get that bigger fish. Mm -hmm. But the same thing also applies to a really big crankbait. Yeah. Like a lot of times that big fish will come over and eat that crankbait. Most, right most of your your off in, in my experience, the baits that you throw first offshore, a big Carolina rigged worm or a lizard, big crankbait, jigging spoon if they're mm -hmm. if they're suspended, big jig. Like I think that's why that big fish most of the time, and and you'll hear all the pros, you everybody say it. Most of the time, that first fish you catch. Is going to be the biggest fish in the school. Yeah. And I think it's because usually when we roll up, the first thing we're doing is picking up that big old bait that we're confident in on the offshore fish. And that's what we're starting with. Yeah. Whereas, like Ben said, if you throw a shaky head out there, you're probably going to get those two and a half pounders, but that six that's there with them may not eat because he's not going to compete with those smaller fish. And, and look, these, or none, she, of, I should none say. of these are hard and fast rules. No. Because definitely not. I mean, you've been out there with me. Like the first one I threw, there was a shaky head. It was a five or six pounder. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, sometimes it's just, it's just, it just is, it just, it just did, is. Right? Yeah. but it's just, if I'm looking for a bigger fish on the first spot, I'm throwing the jig first and, you know, and I, and obviously I love fishing offshore, but the jig is so versatile. Like I'll take it shallow and two inches of water and you can run all the way out to 30 or 40 feet. That's right. And then depending on head style or trailer style, like you can drag it, skip it, uh, swim it hop it i mean you, you can fish it yeah, all it's got a lot of versatility i've already you, you see people ask that question all the time like if you if you had you could only take one rod and one bait and you had to catch fish what would you take and i'm 100 percent of the time i'm going to take a jig yeah. because i can do i can fish it fast i can fish it slow mm -hmm. just like you said you can swim it you can hop it you can drag it you can skip it you can punch it you can do anything that you want to do with a jig and uh it cut you know it covers all of that and, and that's why there's so many different jig head designs out there because we've learned over the years um you, you take an old school like one of the first jig they ever made you know they're dragging on the bottom if you just spin it really fast people caught fish just swimming the jig yeah you know, like, well, yeah let's now start, let's start designing them so yeah. they're designed to come through cover and stuff better and if you look at those first jigs like you said those heads almost look exactly like our swim jig heads of today they were pointed mm -hmm. most of the time they look like a bullet weight yeah which is what a swim jig head essentially looks like and like you said, people figured that out and then they started messing because try to drag that through rock and you're going to lose some jigs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, like all the techniques that we just talked about, they're, they're old school techniques. They're not the new, I'm, I'm not going to say new, but I'm, they're not, you didn't hear anybody say glide bait. You didn't hear anybody say, um, what's another new technique that came out like Nico rig, right? You didn't hear like, Everybody has their own like flavor and stuff, but like the, the techniques we just talked about, they're old. They're not, they're not the new, like hotness. You know, we didn't talk about tungsten. We didn't talk about anything like that, you know, like with Ford face. So we're just like, it's just like plain fishing and every single one of like all these techniques aren't specifically designed for like a forward facing sonar situation like they all can be well minus a frog i don't know maybe you could use forward facing sonar for a frog probably but no, probably no. not so so i have on top water before if you get out there you can you can kind of see on the top of your screen like when you're popping your bait or moving it 
that those there's little disturbance. Yeah. So you can see it. Yeah, but the stuff I fish, you're not gonna see anything. Yeah. Well, they're the, the frog. <laughs> but, but yeah, with like a walking bait. Like a walking yeah, bait, you and you're see. doing like a break line or something around yeah. the docks. You can. I've definitely seen fish follow my top water. But much like the frog, we talked about like some challenges with the frog. What, what in your opinion? And I'll talk about it with the crankbait, but like what are the biggest challenges that you face or that you've had to overcome and adapt to with a jig you know specific like i know they're all different but let's just say deep water fishing like fishing a school well so i guess a lot of sometimes with the jig um especially if you're using old school jigs the weed guard um you will lose a few fish on a jig mm. um Part of that on the old school jigs, and it's part of the reason why with the snaggles design, we got rid of the weed guard, but you have to penetrate right through the weed guard into the fish's mouth. Mm -hmm. um, so there's just a little more because of that, when the fish comes up and they jump, like they, they can get a little extra leverage there, right? You may not get a, as deep penetration. So you do lose fish on a jig. Um, it happens. Pete's seen me lose them. I mean, I've lost I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, them all the time. You're going to lose fish on everything. Yeah. But, um, uh, sometimes you will lose them on the jig, but to be honest, I, the biggest thing is gaining confidence with it. Yep. That's what I would tell most people is is gaining confidence because it can be super simple bait. You cast it out, <laughs> drag it along. Yeah, you can fish it as slow, and I've done five, seven, eight minute long casts before, mm -hmm. just dead sticking it, especially in the winter time. Or you can you can really you know stroke your rod and hop that jig five six seven feet off the bottom let it flutter back down yeah so it's it's really you know confidence and and learning how to manipulate mm -hmm. it yeah it's it is so it's not just chuck and wind yeah it's not and a crankbait is chuck and wind but there's definitely technique involved with that oh, while the two baits that you guys talked about with frogs and jigs you need a good solid hook set with yeah. a crankbait it's the opposite yeah, like you have to let you have to remember that like most of the time when you're especially in the summertime patterns like the mouths on the fish are much softer right their skin is it's it's far easier to penetrate and i see a lot of people make that mistake with crankbaits where they you know just want to jack them in the face well a lot of times you end up ripping a hole in their lip or pulling the bait out of their mouth and stuff like that so you know opposite of frog fishing and jig fishing and a lot of other fishing or techniques you have to let the rod in your body and your line and mm -hmm. your reel do all the work for you. Like, don't think for one minute that you're going to take like, I don't know, whatever deep diving crankbait and rip their mouth off. Cause that's literally what will happen. I've seen it happen. Like guys will come, yeah. Oh yeah. bait will come up and there's fish lips, you, gotta, <laughs> you know, just hanging out. The up. other thing with a crankbait, like if you're fishing a crankbait and that's like, you have to change those hooks a lot. Yeah, I that's mean. true. I don't do it if I'm fun fishing or fishing, you know, like a club tour or something, but bigger tours when I fish every fish, I'll change my hooks. Yeah. Because like you said, a little bit of doll on those hooks with the, the softer mouse, you start tearing bigger holes. It's easier for them to get leverage. Most of the time they're just slurping a crankbait. So you, how many times do you only have one treble hook in the back mm -hmm. and that's what they've got. They don't, they're not really <laughs> inhaling the crankbait. Like, uh, let's stop. You're telling me every single time you catch a fish in a tournament. I, if it's bait. a big enough tournament, I'll change every single time I catch fish. I'll put new uh, hooks on. I think that's cat. I'm I'm not I'm not that excessive, but I see what you're getting at. I, I will. I'll change my hooks every. I mean, I'm talking fifty thousand dollars. Oh, 
I'm talking big tournaments. I, I haven't fished them in a long time, but when I used to fish those bigger $25,000, dollars $75,000 chance to win tournament, every single fish I'd change my hooks on my crankbaits. I would just have like six different rods. Yeah, that's what if I'm, I'm <laughs> if I'm fishing if I'm fishing rod, but you know how it is. It's yeah, yeah. One, I might have six of the exact same bait, but they're only eating one. That's true. They won't touch the other four. That's true. But I know you, and in your boat are seventeen <laughs> of that same exact crank. Yeah, bait. there's probably a few. Yeah, so I might have been a little bit. You're right. We talked about it. I might have been a little bit overzealous. Maybe not every fish, but every three fish or so. Like I in those bigger thing, I would change my hooks. Um, well, but I also was never fishing bodies of water like a Gunnersville or or some of those lakes where you get on those big schools and you have a window that's like maybe four minutes and you've got to crank as many of those fish as you can. Like, like those current windows. Smallmouth fishing on the Great Lakes when I get into a crankbait bite. I can sit there all day and catch them on a crank. Yeah. They're they're gonna move off, but they're gonna come back in, in 20 yeah. minutes. You know what I mean? So you can you you can take your time to to swap hooks every so many fish, but uh it's circumstantial. It is. It's fishuational for sure. And we're going to talk about what we don't like. But before we do that, uh, every single one of the baits that we talked about, minus the snagless jig, and and if you've seen us at iCast or all the ads that are ran or you, you purchased them, almost every single product that we're talking about, like we all make modifications to them, minus the snagless jig when they've come out of the package. A lot of us do. Um, and, and that plays a huge role in the effectiveness of the bait. Like I, like Pete talked about changing hooks on crankbaits, you know, adding a uh, lead weight to it to make it dive deeper, bending hooks out on certain frogs, mm -hmm. trimming the, uh, the legs on frogs. And even with like traditional jigs, yeah. like a lot of people pull them out of the package and start making modifications to a the weed guard. And, weed guard, they'll, they'll, um, cut the skirt off the, yep. you know, either spider cut it, finesse, they'll just rip off you know, make it look beat up and yeah. Right. Cause we all know the, the best jig in the tackle box, the one that's looks it's the worst. Like three and strands yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, but we're going to talk about that on another episode too. Like we were talking about bait modifications and mm -hmm. I, and I know our, our listeners really requested that. So we will dive into that. You got to Yeah. You got to have that ugly jig. I don't know why ugly jig, ugly crankbait too. Like crankbait doesn't have any paint oh, yeah. on it. So this is my, but you know what you don't have to have that's ugly is your clothes. You got to look good when you're out there fishing, right? And the best way to do that is Carolina Waters. If you head to carolinawatersnc.com and use the code the one cast at checkout, uh, you'll save 20% in September. This is coming out after September, and I can't remember what I think it's 15%. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'll straighten out, but you will save some money off your order. Uh, get you some UPF shirts if you've seen any of our social medias. Uh, media stuff. I'm wearing it all the time on the water. Trey's wearing it. Ben's got his now. He's been wearing for for the last few months, uh, they got a pile of different hats. Um, they've got some really nice tech cold cold weather. We're in Carolina's cold weather hoodies coming. Um, <laughs> so they're going to be a little bit thicker of that, like performance stuff you see like Atco and them using. So some really nice, uh, some really nice fall, early winter gear. Um, it's just good stuff. Small company. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're in the Carolinas. It doesn't matter where you are. It's good gear. Make sure you check them out. CarolinaWatersNC.com. Use the code, the one cast, get you some gear, get you some t-shirts, get you some hats, uh, support those that support us so we can keep running our mouths uh, to you and uh, go in different places. Cause we got, we got places we want to go and bring you stuff. You have, you guys make a lot of requests, guys and gals, and we want to do everything you want us to do, but uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta have some support from some sponsors and things, some partners. So Carolina waters helps us do that. And uh, showing your support to them also directly supports us. 
Trey's got an ugly crankbait in his hand. Well, I'm just holding it. We're on we're on Carolina waters, and you know I love wearing their apparel, and it keeps me comfortable even when I'm using the worst technique. Mm. What is yours, Ben? What is my least favorite? Your least I think we're favorite all be the worst technique. Oh, please! I feel I, like it's gonna be a three way. I absolutely hate fishing. Freezing, Pete. A wacky rig Senko. Oh. I absolutely hate it. It it is so bad. I had, I don't, I don't even buy the Yamamoto Senkos, right? That's because I don't use them. So I, I had a big bag of the Yum Dingers that, it, that have been sit, that were sitting in the bottom of my boat, where all my plastics are, for probably three or four years, unopened. And was it this year or the year before? I don't remember which one it was. Um, I was out there post spawn. The fish had moved. I think I guess it was this year, maybe, because the fish had moved up and moved off in a, in, in, in a week. They had gone from not on beds to they were fry guarding in a week. Yeah, it was quick. And I tried to force those fish every Ned rigs, uh, glide bait, every other way to catch them. Right, those those uh, fry guarders. Now nah, they it wouldn't it wouldn't work. So I <laughs> I literally sat down on my boat and said, I guess I got to do it. And I opened it up and I dug out a wacky rig sanko and they caught like twenty fish. But you hate, but it's your least favorite. It is my least favorite way to do it. Is it because it's, it's just it's, so boring? It, it's so boring. You know, and I don't mind dead sticking. Like I'll dead stick a, a net or a jig. It, there's just something. It's, That's interesting. It's not sexy. It's not. So, fun. so he, like totally, we're not all saying the same thing. So, well, you're different because mine is 100% wacky rig sinker. <laughs> you can't I, have I, that I, one. I mean, <laughs> I mean we're, we're, we're going to fishing a wacky we're, rig sinker. We're going to make some people angry. We understand that. I mean, it catches. Oh, fish. it catches fish. I mean, there's a reason why. In some tournaments, that's what every single pro is using, right? I'm not saying I'm not going to throw it if I have to, but I, I do not want to. And I'm I, not going to like and it. And I have to <laughs> really have to do it. To be able to, <laughs> we all have to do things we don't like. like and don't you like loathe entirely. Like on that day, <laughs> like on that day. In fact, it got so bad that if you could see the fish, like they wouldn't bite. You had to back off the bed and just kind of blind cast to the the light spot up there. But it didn't matter if you threw other stuff doing that too. The only thing they pick up was a, was a wacky rig single. Okay, they wouldn't even pick it up Texas rig. I even try going Texas rig. It's literally the wacky rig snake is the worst, the uh, most boring. Guys, you know what? I feel like I'm the odd man the out. Like world. I love the Sabine River, and these guys hate it. And you know, but I, I, but I mean, it might not be your least favorite trade, but there's no way that you rank throwing a wacky rig up there very high. So it's definitely not high on my <laughs> list. But do you throw yours on a fairy wand? Oh yeah, spinning? yeah. Oh no, I threw I threw mine on a bait cash. Yeah, I throw it on a spinner. Oh, that's. I mean that's that's from being in the north, and that's just what I'm comfortable doing. Like I probably should transition, but because this it works for me, I don't you, lose fish. The, the like, stick baits are heavy enough to throw on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Most of your they are, but caster. a lot of guys can't skip a wacky rig uh, stick bait uh, with a bait caster like they can a spinning rod either. Well, you even look most. A, I can't. If, like, you, I'm, if you straight up, I mean, you practice. talk about like the tournaments where the pros and the elite, like ninety nine percent of them are throwing it on a on a. 100%. Spinning rod, too. Yeah. It's just, I think a spinning rod is better suited for that. Now, BFS has changed that. I throw, I do throw it on a, on a 610 BFS rod some. Um, but it's just, for me, it's more, it's more natural it's to throw it on a spinning yeah. rod. Plus, like, 
you throw it out there and then you like stick your hand in your pocket. <laughs> no, you it's stick just, your it's hand more, in your pocket. <laughs> it's more comfortable to hold a spinning rod while you wait for a stupid wacky rig to sink to the bottom. Okay. Uh, than it is uh, to hold a bit. So, okay. So, so, so why I just hooked myself, by the way. It hurt real bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually bleeding right now. Um, why do you, why do you not like it? For the same reason. It's just no, boring, you have to. Man. It's like the most boring technique in the entire world it's there's almost nothing like, the bite's not exciting like it's literally just like okay it's been sitting there for 45 seconds i'm gonna pick it up oh it's a little mushy oh there's a fish there it, I, sometimes it's like oh my line's swimming i guess so that has it that 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 is one thing is that a lot of times on those bites your line would just swim away like yeah. you don't even feel the bite or it just goes slack if they hit it on the fall it's not like they're like oh something to eat boom and they thump it and you're like oh yeah like it's just like you don't get okay. that tap, that thump. There's just it. nothing exciting about it. Even like Ben was saying, like with a with a Ned rig, which can is not high up on my list, but at least it's usually a little bit of a tink, almost like a jig when they eat it. And see, I love the Ned rig. I, mean, I know you do. Yeah. And and I fish it in ways that a lot of people like I'll fish them in offshore brush piles a little yeah, bit different. Yeah. And I, I got such confidence doing that. I'm like, like I rarely fish going down the bank with it though. Cause it does, that does get boring too. Yeah. Throwing a net up against the bank and just lifting it up and letting it fall back to the bottom and working the way back to the boat. If I have to, if I had to pick something different just from a wacky rig to be different than men, if you're saying I do that, it would a thousand percent be a shaky head. Oh, wow. Seriously? Yeah, it's, it's just boring. Oh. Like it works and I don't mind throwing it, but it's yeah. boring. Like there's nothing. Uh, it's another one that you don't get, like you it. don't really get the thump like you do with a jig or something. They just kind of slurp it and it's usually just like, Oh, it's a little mushy and there's a fish there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's your totally It's not exact. super exciting. Not, yeah. I would it's throw not, it hundred percent of the uh, time over a wacky rig. It's, um, like I, I like fishing a drop shot a million times more than a wacky rig. Really? And I think on a I drop, love drop shot, shot, like a lot of times you will get the tap drop shot is pretty fun. Cause yeah, usually they eat it. Like yeah. you get, you get a couple of tinks and you're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. plus you know you're running on that spinning rod and when you set the hook they're immediately taking drag even when yeah. they're little like yeah. so you're like oh yeah that's a big one you get up it's like 13 inches <laughs> <laughs> there's something about connecting to braid to fluorocarbon i just love it you know like yeah <laughs> it, it's definitely more intensive of a process to fish it but it's i mean i growing up mostly smallmouth fishing 90 percent of what i did was was throw a dang drop shot yeah and so it's like I'm just comfortable doing it. It's one of those things like you pick it up and you do it and yeah, that's what it is. It's not, again, those like, if I had to say three shaky head, <laughs> wacky rig drop shot are like the last three that I want to do, but yeah. I'm going to do them if I have to, but the, the absolute worst and the one I love the most is wacky. But it's funny because you got to use it. You, you do. Got, you I mean, you got to have it. And and I've, I used to not keep one rigged on the deck of my boat and i wouldn't throw it so now i force myself to have one rigged on the deck of the boat because if i have to go into the rod locker it's not getting used yeah so now i'll keep it on there and when if it's 9 30 10 o'clock and i don't have a fish yet like i'm gonna pick that up and i know i'm gonna catch fish like i know 100 percent i'm gonna pick up a fish i'll get some confidence i may not stick with it even though i probably should but sometimes you just have to get that one and it'll kind of open up the floodgates but yeah, I have to keep it on the deck tied on, otherwise it won't get used because I'm not gonna go looking for a you know oh go ahead, Ben. I wouldn't even tie it up. <laughs> I mean I've used it once that one time yeah, in yeah. the last four or five years. Really? I will say there's probably not a better bait in the world to catch those fry garters. For some reason, they'll I mean, just, they just like that, to yeah. eat that wacky ring. That is that 
And in that scenario, that's the only way you're going to catch them. So the hand in the pocket thing, folks, like uh, I was out filming Pete, um, Ben and Pete fished a uh, veterans tournament that we hosted this year for the nonprofit uh, heroesharvest.org. Go check them, org, go check them out. Um, but I, I noticed that about Pete, like he'll make a cast with a, with a stick bait, wacky rig and poof, his hand goes right in his pocket. Cause he's just like, all right. It's the only way just, I can force that, myself yeah, I know. to slow down, I, like, man. I got pictures of it. We'll have to throw one up and stuff like that. But yeah. Well, there's video. If you go on, uh, if you go on, I think it's on my Instagram where you and I, when we went yeah. down the river, I caught like a four, four and a half on one. And you can see me like I flip it to the lay down. Just if, if that slows you down, like that's the only yeah. way I can slow. You guys yeah. have seen like offshore fishing. If I want to, like, I'll knee. Oh yeah, you get on a knee. I take a knee. Oh yeah, you do. That's like, how I know Ben's getting serious when he's offshore. I'm like, ah, oh, this is about fixing to get real boring. Ben gets down on a knee. Like he doesn't step back for a hook set. He like gets on a knee. Sometimes goes into the prone, and then he's like, all right, there he is. Uh, I haven't gotten the prone. But sorry, you, you, you set a hook coming up from a knee. There ain't get there ain't no getting off on it. You're either breaking your line or breaking its jaw. Or pulling it out. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he's throwing a shaky head because Ben loses more fish on a shaky head than anybody else. Oh, that, like, that is true. I <laughs> love the shaky well, head. I, I, I have gone through a a time where I lost a lot of fish on a shaky head. Really? That, that, a lot of that, I think, was rod. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, Trey. Anyways. But yeah, what, so, what so, is yours? What's your well, different, apparently? Let me, let me just tell you that I love the wacky rigged stick bait. And the reason is, is because it is very versatile. You can rig it weightless. You can rig it like when you say wacky rigged, a Nico rig is wacky rigged, right? You can drop shot a wacky rig. Hate it. Right. So it, it is versatile, but I love it because it's my number one spawn like bait. Like hands down, uh, I'm not the greatest uh, at sight fishing. I've learned a lot from you guys. Um, but I'm not the strongest at sight fishing. I, I can catch them sight fishing. Um, kind of like Maddie talked about, you know, like it's just something I didn't have to really do in, in Cali and stuff like that. Well, same thing in Michigan. Like it's so saturated with aquatic vegetation that like sight fishing really wasn't a giant thing. Minus smallies, but we're talking largemouth primarily right here. And so it just wasn't something I did a lot. So like with the wacky rig, it's just been phenomenal for me. Uh, it's definitely not my number one bait. Uh, I don't have one tied on and in the boat right now, but if I'm fishing a derby with docks, I'm like, it, it's going to be in the yeah. boat for sure. However, my least favorite, and I don't have one tied up and I haven't thrown it, but maybe once or twice this year is I cannot stand a bladed jig. I cannot stand it. Right. Like it is to me, the most overrated bait that exists right now. Uh, everyone got the hype when the chatter bait came out. I've caught plenty of fish on them, but for me, with a moving bait, that's probably the, okay, nope, it is definitely the most boring moving bait that I throw. Some would say, man, a swim jig is really boring. Eh, not really, because you can work a swim jig like top water over vegetation, and you can drag it if you needed to or whatever, but for me, the bladed jig is just probably, no, it is, in fact, my least favorite technique. There's not a lot of art with a bladed jig from my opinion yeah you can yo-yo it and stuff like that but like it's cast retrieve cast retrieve cast retrieve so for me it's super boring i don't like it and and i feel like i probably because i don't throw it enough i feel like i lose a lot of fish on a bladed jig too right because like you, there is you you 
like you have to have a healthy balance between letting the rod do the work, but also setting the hook at the same time with the bladed jig. I 100% understand where you're coming from. Obviously, we make the snagless bladed jigs and sell yeah. them. I've always got one tied up because of that. But I always go for a swim jig. Yep. If I think, unless it's like super windy or like low vis, a lot of times I still opt for the swim jig because I think less guys throw it. And it's a little little more finesse mm-hmm. yeah. before all the pressure that's going around. Um, but you're right with the bladed jig. I mean, I mean, there are some things you can do. You can throw heavier weights and fish deeper with it and all. But most guys chuck it out there, wind it back. You may stop, you know, start stop your retrieve, move your rod a little bit. But um, with that blade on there, like it's much more difficult to work all levels of the water column with a you know bladed yeah. jig, chatterbait, and even like you mentioned the swim jig and all. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, we're, we're fishing, you know, uh, a lot of North Carolina waters, um, bladed jigs are very effective. Like they're very effective. No matter where you go, no matter where you go. But for some odd reason, I think just because I don't throw it that often, but even when I did throw it, you know, I had a lot of luck initially with a bladed jig like the og style like chatterbaits when they first came out Mm -hmm. the originals and stuff like that but i feel like fish just like any other bait out there they're so conditioned to that bait now 100 and if i was gonna pick between a bladed jig and a spinnerbait it would be a spinnerbait all day long i always have a spinnerbait tied up i feel like i can do the exact same thing and more with a bladed jig but i'm sure it's hurt me where the bladed jig was the bait of choice so if I was in the water and I had a conversation with that seven pounder, I would say you will eat not the bladed jig. You will <laughs> eat the crankbait. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just a technique that it's so everybody throws it just like a wacky rig. But for some odd reason, I just, I find more enjoyment out of that wacky rig than I do a bladed jig. I don't know. What do you like? Do you, do you throw a bladed jig a lot? Yeah, but. I mean, there, there, there's a hundred percent in art with a bladed jig. If you're, yeah. if you're starting out whining it, you're fishing it wrong. Yeah. Like I'll fish mine like a jerk bait sometimes. Um, I'll fish it just like a swim jig. I'll give her that old Alabama shake. Um, start, stop your retrieve, twitching. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do. Uh, and you have to now to get big. Cause like you said, everybody throws it. Um, I don't throw it a lot, but there's times where I know, like, I know that's what I need to throw. If there's it, especially. Like I have more confidence if they're feeding on on gills and stuff than throwing a, a swim jig. Just because I I never threw a swim jig a lot. I know yeah. I can get bit on it and I do throw it, but like you're the opposite. You're more comfortable picking that swim jig up. I'm more comfortable picking up the bladed jig, uh, especially in grass because I love taking that bladed jig and letting it sink and then just ripping it out of that grass. Like guys will do with a bla- uh, lipless crankbait and stuff, and you'll get a ton of bites. Uh, yeah, the last time I was too. out of my lake, that's what I was doing with that three quarter yep. ounce because I didn't want to retie from being out on Harris. <laughs> and it know. came um, through the grass. I mean, it came through with no grass on it. But you can catch a pile of fish just chucking and winding it too. Like it's it's one of those baits that, as my dad says with chatterbait, a monkey can fish it because you just throw it out there. <laughs> and if you can yeah. teach them to run the wheel, like anybody can do it. You can give it to a kid, let them throw it out there and wind it, and they're going to eat it because of the vibration it creates. But you're absolutely right. Like I'm back to throwing a spinnerbait more. Because everybody's throwing a bladed jig, and yeah. and it's not as effective as it was when it first when it first came on the market. Uh, they could have banned it because it was stupid the number of fish you catch on it, and they, they it was something they hadn't seen before. But like you said, everybody figured that out. Everybody started throwing one. Now they see it all the time. Not as many guys 
throw spinnerbaits. If you talk to a lot of young guys, yeah, uh, guys in high school and stuff, if you watch those tournaments or recaps, they're throwing bladed jigs when most of us would throw a spinnerbait. You're starting yeah. to see even on the higher levels, guys going and throwing more spinnerbaits than you see them throwing bladed jigs. Uh, where before everybody was throwing the bladed jig, it's kind of it's that cyclic thing we talk about. It is, yeah, it's it is. ups and downs. So everybody, you know, is throwing finesse stuff. Now you're starting to see big baits really come into play. Guys are throwing big baits. Eventually, everybody's going to throw a big bait so much that it's the guy that goes back down to the smaller, well, either finesse or well, more traditional size stuff. What's going to happen in a couple of years? Everyone's either going to be throwing big baits or finesse. Yeah, yeah. And then people are going to come <laughs> with the medium sized baits and wreck everybody <laughs> again right. because no one's throwing them anymore. That's you know? that's that's absolutely um, that that'll be the case, man. Like you know, and from this conversation right here, I think what what we need to do is the three baits that we hate the least, well, the wacky for you and you guys and, and bladed jigs for me, we need to throw them more. We just need to throw them more. Right. So I'll, I'll challenge myself right now during the next season. Cause I'm not going to throw them in the, well, I may throw some in the it's fall. fall yeah. yeah. I, I may throw yeah. some in the fall. I will, I will own up to this. I will tie one on, uh, before I go fishing the next time and, and I will throw it. Uh, so I get better at it. I will say that the snagless bladed jig, is a very great bait to slow roll. It's a great, it's a great bait to slow roll. And like, and that's with every one of these baits that we're talking about, brands are are cut from different cloths too. So they all have they all play a different role. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some like when that Berkeley slobber knocker uh came out, yeah, I got two of them. I haven't caught a single fish on either of those. I'm not saying they don't catch fish, I just don't throw it enough to catch them. So I maybe I need to take that. The snagless bladed jig, the OG original chatterbait, and that—that's what I'll do. I'm gonna tie those three on. I'm gonna tie those three bladed jigs on, and I'm gonna have to post pictures on our Instagram page of me catching some fish <laughs> on some bladed jigs because I'm probably gonna eat crow by not throwing that enough. I always have a waggy rig tied on too. So. <laughs> I, I just don't pick it up unless I absolutely have to. But Ben doesn't have Ben one. doesn't have one. So Ben's got to challenge Ben's himself got to, nope. to put a waggy. Come on. Nope. Nope. Um, it's no not way. the best time of the year to throw it. I will say that. And we definitely want to know, like, you know, our your feedback is extremely important to us. Like, let us know, like, your favorite techniques and your absolute, like, I, I don't even want it in my boat technique because, you know, that it makes for good conversation, you know, and it's not about forward-facing sonars. That also makes for a great conversation, too. So I, let me correct myself. I've used the wacky rig twice in the last five years. Mm, five years, two times? Probably. I told you to get the one. The other one, I was having trouble offshore. I was like, you know what? Oh, let's wacky rig this brush pile. So I caught one out of it too. No. Um, I rigged up and I watched on live scope. It sank down. It took about 20 seconds. And I was like 15 feet down, 15 foot, right? But the brush pile comes with a seven or eight foot. So it took a long time. I broke off right away. <laughs> <laughs> said, I'm not throwing this again. <laughs> it took it five years to tie another one on. You, 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 you speak of that that brush pile, which about the wacky rig. That is something that I don't think a lot of people really understand. Um, and somebody I won't name him, but he told me he was like, "You, you are doing yourself a huge disservice if you can't get fish to bite in the brush pile, like." a deadly technique is to either wait or weightless a wacky rig over the top of a brush pile because you can keep it in the strike zone the entire time. And unlike, you know, um, what's that rig called uh, that we use with the little minnow? 
what's it called? Demiki rig. Yeah, Demiki rig. Geez, sorry. Unlike the Demiki rig, like you, everybody knows, like the stupid stick bait gets bit. Yeah. And so, like a lot of times, those fish will come out of a brush pile where you're, of course, you're forward facing sonaring it, but you're looking at it, and they will come out and they will crush that thing. It, it's not applicable every time. It. No, no. They just, it, they, just they eat it, and and that's why I picked. <laughs> That's why I picked it up that day because yeah. I, I know it's an effective technique for guys. But that's why I use a use a net a lot. Yeah. You know, an eight ounce net with a little TRD and twenty foot of water. Gosh, I got to do I, that too. I caught some big fish. Those are two techniques. I'm cha- Trey is challenging himself in the 2024 season to throw a bladed jig and throw a net rig. Those are the two things I do not. The only time I really use the net rig is when I'm almost using the um, the one cast fishing. Uh, snagless version of it yeah, right the weedless, the weedless thing, yeah. right and you can you can run that like a demiki rig uh, if mm-hmm. you have the right bait and i and you catch a lot of crappie on that too um, well like in the spring uh especially around the spawn i'll take those weedless neds and i'll put them in the, that little three and a half inch stinger swim bait so like i can just run along the bank like i am like a very small swim bait and then if there's a bed just you in that time of year typically i'm using a pearl one a white one and just drop it right on the bed yeah and so it becomes dual use at that point as I'm searching for beds. I could just, you know, kept, you know, catch a couple extra fish here and there that are cruising around, you know. Yeah, for sure. I can't get, wait to go jack them off a bed in a couple months. <laughs> uh, a couple months. Are you going to Florida? <laughs> Ain't that long, man. <laughs> it's not even October yet. Close enough. I guess. It's close I guess. enough. Pete is in full. It's like five months. Like, yeah. Close enough. This this will come out in October. But still, yeah. yeah, it's close enough. We got like we're getting there. Six months. Almost half the year. That's last. fine. That's a couple months. <laughs> couple Pete, months. that's what I want you to be for Halloween this year. I want you to be a bed fisherman. <laughs> How do you do that? But I don't know. Put that put that costume on. Walk around with a giant flipping stick in your hand, uh, or a wacky rig, whatever. And uh, you know, we'll go from I there. I would never. So. You never see me throw a wacky. That, that sounds like a bed. viral video of bed fishing. We need to take like an air mattress out. Yeah, <laughs> that's. <bad. laughs> oh man. Well, hey guys, you got anything else for the fans? No, no. It's been uh, forty-one weeks of us putting stuff out. Appreciate everybody listening yeah. and. And uh, getting involved, we do have a pretty big giveaway coming with a bunch of cool stuff. We're, I know I keep saying every episode, yeah, we're going to announce that. We, we need to really, we just haven't had time to sit down and hash it out yet. So we're going to do that. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming soon. We got we got all kinds of good stuff to to thank y'all. And uh, I mean, the, the longer it takes for us to do it, the, the more, the more stuff. stuff we keep getting. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just getting better for y'all the longer we wait. Maybe we'll try to do it for the holiday and give yeah, a nice, sure. uh, nice Christmas gift. But um, you should see the hats come out. By the time this episode, so if you haven't got a, any of the one cast swag hats, t-shirts, hopefully there's still some left. If not, then uh, I'm sorry I mentioned it, but we'll eventually get some more. We are doing a limited release of some uh, some one cast merchandise, the one cast merchandise. Uh, you get a free sticker when you order, so uh, check that out on uh, one cast fishing. Has uh, we have a page on there? We're we're using their store uh, just because it's easier than us setting up our own. If I'm being honest, so uh, we're gonna go through there. Uh, we'll get that shipped out to you. Trey will sign your hat if you want him to. Um, <laughs> I got a Sharpie right over here. Let's send it, boys. Um, if you're watching this and you're going to be, if you're down around Lake Lanier, we're going to be down there in uh, two weeks. So what if we start signing the inside of all the hats? Yeah. Like with real signatures? Yeah. Oh, I was going to be like, we can sign all Taylor of them. Yeah. Swift. 
got Swifty for yeah. life. I mean, um, we could do that. You never know. We could be famous or infamous. We, so more than likely infamous. Yeah, right here we can write little secret messages. Oh, that there. would yeah, be. Cool. You may get a secret message in your hat, so you might want to look under the band. Under oh, the that's a good idea. Uh, there might be a secret message uh, where Trey will tell you how much he loves you. But um, <laughs> no, seriously, I appreciate we appreciate everybody's support. Uh, you know, it's been it's been cool. It's it's been a ton of fun. We we started it. We talked about it a few times, but we always sat around talking about fishing. Decided to record and put it out there for y'all, and it's opened a ton of doors for us. Uh, but where I was going again is this is coming out in a couple of weeks. We're going to be at Lake Lanier. Uh, that'll be two. To, I think two weeks from when this episode drops. I'm looking at my count the calendar up on the wall. Uh, about two weeks from when this episode comes out. So if you're down in that area, uh, the MPFL is coming down there for their final vet. We won't be there for blast. Well, Ben and I, I will not be there for blast on the first day. I don't know what Ben's travel plans are. Trey is talking about maybe going down for the whole week. Um, I'll be there for way in Thursday, and then we'll be there Friday, Saturday, all day. Uh, we'll see them lift that AOI trophy. Somebody, hopefully, uh, our friend Todd Goad. Uh, but we have a lot of friends that are up there close, so uh, you know we wish them all luck. But uh, I'm hoping Todd pulls it off because he's a good dude. Yep. Uh, enjoy talking to him if you haven't listened to that episode check it out uh, but if you're in that area come come check us out if we have hats and shirts and stuff left uh, we'll bring those with us uh, might even set a few aside so we have some to bring down uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes with those but uh if you can come see us come check out the mpfl uh, they put on an awesome event drive through way in uh, you get an opportunity to talk to the the guys and gals that fish it uh, they're super open with letting letting folks in and around uh, the trailer and stuff before weigh in, they do rope it off during for for safety. But uh, if you get there early, you know Paul and Brad and those guys are more than happy to talk to you. Um, go check out the blast off. Go check out the weigh in. Come hang out with us. Uh, we're gonna do a, a a live like we do every week, but it's gonna come out as an episode that Friday when we're down there. Uh, I think we're gonna do it with Paul and Brad. We had talked about it before. I need to confirm with them. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll let everybody know if we're going to do that in a public space or not. So maybe you can come watch us uh, make a fool of ourselves and talk. I'm still going to sign your hat. Yeah, Trey's going to put a love <laughs> message in your hat for you. Uh, and make sure you check out those veteran organizations we talk about. We're going to have uh, Mike, If you, I know you listen, so we're going to have you come on pretty soon to talk about FX3 uh, and what you're doing for, for our veterans um you know that are struggling with with suicide and getting them out fishing and doing all that stuff so make sure you check out fx3inc.org uh check out heroes harvest is it .org also yep heroesharvest.org uh, make sure you head to uh, facebook check out special operations bass anglers uh they have a tournament coming up november 7th whatever mm-hmm. is it the 7th I think so. I don't know. It's, good it's on Veterans Day. No. So whatever that Friday Veterans Day is, they have a tournament. We're also going to be there for that. We were invited by the organizers. Uh, I'm going to be fishing it. Trey's going to be fishing it. Uh, my old man's coming down to fish it. Um, and then I have a club tournament for two days on the same lake. So uh, I'm going to be sick of fishing Lake Norman and docks, but uh, nah, make, make sure you check out Special Operations Bass Anglers. Uh, what's, who's the other organization? For His Glory Outdoors. They do do a lot for veterans as well. Uh, getting them out on the water to heal. Uh, check out Carolina Waters. Check out One Cast Fishing. Uh, who else do I want to shout? You guys want to shout anybody else out? No, what What I want to say, uh, lastly, before we close this out, is you know, Mike, oh man, uh, he just lost a good buddy um, that was uh, that served with him. 
or served in capacity alongside of him uh, in Iraq, and he took his own life. Uh, you're not alone out there, like Mike talks about on his social media page. Like you know, you can always call 988. You can always call uh, any of us in this room, uh, including Mike, and, and all of his stuff is linked below. So uh, no one's alone out there. Make sure you check out all those organizations that Pete talked about, and uh, and hang out with us at the MPFL because uh, we're all trying to create a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, son. It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day.